everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Well, the great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, I got a job for me. Where's the green? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Got family game night on the brain? Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Bring home a new game and bring your family together with Picture Rica and other great Hasbro games. Picture Rica! Hasbro family game night. Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. This is Douglas Viviani with the gamer himself, David Cohen. Here I am. Why are you a gamer? What does that mean? Um, I think it's someone who's like addicted to just playing games. Now, are you but a, video games? So I you, think that's where the name comes from. Exactly. So you're really not a gamer because you're no. an old, a vintage gamer. Let's put it that way. Maybe I'm a vintage you're, gamer because we're talking about um, not smartphones and not tablets, which came about in like really in a resurgence of like 2011 to 2013. It seems to the industry says the board game industry says that their sales decreased when tablets and apps first came about. But now. We're I think we're seeing a little bit of a turnaround uh, in some ways. Hasbro and, uh, well, you know, they've presented themselves uh, across the board as an advertising no scheme, right? An advertising scheme to uh, to present people and families with something cool. Like it's cool on a Friday, let's say, to have a family game night with the family. And that has led to what I think is a resurgence and an upgrade in games, board games, there are new ones. We're going to take a look at old ones that are now resurfacing for family game night. I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, the sales are now in the nine point what eight billion dollars every year for new games, and and I think that families are catching on because it's nice. To, all right, yeah, all this technology is fun and everything, but. Sit down with your kids one-on-one and just play, no matter what age, a, a game. And, and, and as a parent, by the way, if they're young enough uh, to have a little bit of uh, ego problems, uh, let them uh, have a, a win every now and again. Don't win every game or defeat them in every game. It'll get, get work, a little work for Tiger you. Woods' dad, right? Didn't he do that? <laughs> yeah. He used yes. to beat Tiger every, every time. Game. He would not let the kid win. And look how he turned out. Yeah, he's so, a miserable yes, SOB. Exactly. So anyway. you want to let them win every so often. And speaking of winning, we have a winner with us uh, here. Yes, we do. Member. Returning. Exactly. Returning champ. Uh, <laughs> in in Don't Break the Ice. Exactly. <laughs> Dan Newberg is here. He's a gentleman that we know all the way back in high school, Half Hills High School East. Uh, we graduated together. We had some fun then. We're now having some fun. He's a new member of our, what would we say, rogues gallery. Yes. Of Everything Old is New Again. Dan Newberg, welcome back. Nice to see you, gentlemen. You are a vintage toy and game aficionado. We've just labeled you that. I, I'm glad that I have a title that uh, you can be proud of. I can be proud of. My, my parents can be proud of. Right? <laughs> and we have the exclusive rights to have you broadcast with us and only us when it comes to toys and uh, and novelties. Oh, Let's I did not that know way. that, but, yes. but thank you for filling You'll be that. signing that I, on I the way that out. I missed that in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, that um, leads to a question of uh, last week we were talking about a lot of uh, different toys that most of which you'll see now and see pop up now, so to speak. And there's a game here that I used to play as a kid and loved it called Trouble, if you remember this one. Sure. And the main thing that you may remember about that is the pop-up dice right in the middle. I'll do it I'll do it so if you can hear it. Yeah, there's a bubble on it. Right. right. 
But I, I've, I purchased that for, for my kids, and we play it. But it, it, it's a little like a little more cheesy kind of, right? Flimsy. Yeah, a little flimsy. The game is still there, but the, I don't know, it's, it, it's maybe since you, it used to be round, it's now square. It used to have a little different ambiance as a kid. But have you, uh, Mr. Newberger, played this game in the last 35 years ever? Not at all. <laughs> I must admit. <laughs> and uh, David Cohen? I have, sadly. And uh, who'd you play it with? Uh, against myself. <laughs> and did you win? Uh, constantly lost. <laughs> no, I did, uh, because I, I believe we played this with my son when he was younger. It's, it's a very him. simple, but kind of a cool game. You just go around with the pegs, you go around the board, after, you know, you got to hit the dice and see what number you right. get. And you it tells you it. how many moves you can make right. based on the roll of the die. And if you land on your adversary, they have to go back. It's, they're in trouble. They've got to go back home. To the beginning. Right. right. So there's a little strategy to it. So a little. It's, yeah. You know, as a parent, uh, playing these games, Dan, it, it, what's the strategy? Seriously, I, we joke around, but um, you want to keep your kids interested. And in some levels, some of these games are not interesting to you as a, as a parent. But what playing it with your child is or is not. Like, how do you approach this psychologically playing these kind of games that are some of them really cool we enjoy but some of them are kind of like well it's they're like a uh, an entry level game into boarding let's yeah, say I, I think with all with all games it's it's a concept of beat them into submission <laughs> <laughs> no sure, oh yeah all kidding aside I mean, <laughs> that was kidding the, the the idea is not actually who wins the game so you know as, as you had mentioned it's a great idea to let your kids win if if not all the time certainly every once in a while um, it's more the interaction of playing the game and having fun and laughing together as a family sitting across the table from one another, which they don't get. They don't get the same type of interaction when they're playing on their, you know, their iPad or their their phone or the predecessor to that was the Game Boy. It was the same thing. I and mean, we had a when when our when our oldest child was uh, was growing up, he was glued to the Game Boy, and we would use that as a reward and punishment. You know, if something bad happened, we'd say, you lost the Game Boy for a day. Right. Um, and if we wanted to incent him, we'd say, you know, do the following and you can play with the Game Boy for an hour or two. And I, I have found with these games uh, that we've played already and we will play this week, we played last week, we played some this week on the air, that uh, the kids actually enjoy, and again, it's a certain age, I don't know if it's relevant to teens, maybe it will be, but uh, they enjoy this more than sitting around watching TV or playing a tablet by themselves, or at least as much as. Let's put it that way. They look forward to it. They ask, you know, what game are we playing tonight, or, or they look forward to it after school. And uh, and so I think that's, that's kind of nice um, to see that human reaction and interaction is not uh, totally gone by the wayside. Yeah, you know, it's strange. My, my, my kids are a little older than yours are, but um, when they were younger, they really didn't want to ever play I shouldn't say ever. They didn't want to play games with my wife and I a lot. They, you know, they certainly would. But now that they're older and they come home, there are there are days if it's a you know rotten weather outside and they're there with their friends instead of just sitting in front of the TV and watching TV, we'll take out a game and we'll all start playing. And it's actually it's fun. I mean, even even as as young adults, it's a lot of fun to sit around the table and laugh with them and just talk about. Well, when I was little and we used to play this game, it wasn't such a flimsy, crappy board. You know? <laughs> right. It's just it's just a way to you know to share a little bit about yourself with your kids too. You know, 
because as you're playing, you can you know uh, talk about your memories, and maybe it leads into uh, a discussion of I used to play your uncle in this game, and talk about other family members, and just share life stories that I think kids. I don't know the memory of kids at four, five, six, seven. I do have memories in that age. Oh, sure. Yeah. But even if they don't re- exactly remember the story or the event, they remember the time with their parents, and maybe it builds a little bit of a yeah. bond. It's you know? like a coloring book. I mean, you know, they know the stories about their their relatives. You know, the, the lines are drawn, what they look like, but it's filling in the colors, you know, that the stories that actually help them to understand more about their own family and their, their parents' friends or what they did when they were growing up and knowing more about their own their own immediately nuclear family. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's important, and I'm, I'm actually glad to see that the statistics show that game night is actually coming back. I think it's a really good thing and healthy thing. Yeah, and, and on television we're seeing, and we've, we did a show about that, uh, a, a lot of these games on television are coming back, the game shows, once in a while, not every day during the day. But we, we were on a trip uh, a couple weeks back, and we turned on the TV just trying to find something for the family to watch and, again, the younger children. But uh, to tell the truth was on it. I didn't even know that it was on TV. And it was just so fun to play with a four- or seven-year-old and myself and my wife all trying to guess which person what it was is three people have a unique profession or a neat, unique something they do and you ask questions you try to figure out which of the one is telling the truth and which is the person that made the smallest house in the world or whatever it might be and just to to interact with that they still we watched it once for a half hour and they still talk about it uh well it's three weeks later but still they still yeah, talk I, about I think it. that's dangerous you know <laughs> watching a show that teaches your kid how to lie effectively yeah. <laughs> but but i will say that i mean i i enjoy still watching shows like jeopardy i like competing with the you know the pencil neck geeks that play right. on those shows and i'm amazed at how smart these people are but every once in a while i get one right i'm so psyched with myself you know? right and, and you want to uh well we'll be back on everything old is new we're going to continue talking about games and we'll play some games right after this Everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Well, the great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, I got a job for me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if mom and dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Got family game night on the brain? Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Bring home a new game and bring your family together with Picture Rica and other great Hasbro games. Picture Rica! Hasbro Family Game Night. Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. Family Game Night is now on Everything Old is New Again. And uh, we're joined by Dan Newberger and, of course, the gamer, or the vintage gamer himself, David Cohen, continuing uh, to take a look at the resurgence of board games and, and kind of like toys, too. Some There are some things that are toys that we're talking about that, uh, that have come back. I really thought that our discussion last week of the Aurora race cars is something that actually uh, makes me want to go and for the next birthday of one of these children buy that Aurora racetrack now because it's so updated the cars don't fall off the track. I can't. So you're buying it for you and under the guise of for them. <laughs> that's my. That's the reason why I mentioned it. Is, is there a game that we've talked See, about yet that either of you want to like buy? And I'm more interested in why you decided to have kids as a reason to buy toys. I think that's a much more interesting show. 
Well, we could we could answer that question, but it would take another another two shows at least. We might as well. Maybe we'll have a fondue guy get or, or, year, or years of therapy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, part of that is certainly, or all of this is. Of the parents looking back and wanting to share something that they have a great memory of when they were a child, because we don't have memories, most of us of that have children now, even of video games on a tablet. We've got video games, which we'll talk about another time, like Pong and this, uh, Asteroids and all of that that we did play, but it did take us away from the interaction. It is unique, is it not, to play a board game, even from you know Pong or a television, you know, one of these video games that you're playing against somebody is it the same experience or not uh dan what do you think oh, i'm sorry i wasn't paying attention <laughs> Board games um, no, I, no i'm kidding i'm kidding no I, I mean clearly it's a different experience i mean i think that there's something to be said for having um members of the family or, or even friends just you know sitting around a table and interacting with one another rather than just staring at a screen and you know moving your thumbs every couple of seconds it's a, it's a gigantic uh difference and and actually i i think that there there is something to be said for the the skill of learning how to not only interact but also to win and lose in a, in a game with life in general as you as you get older i mean there's times you know i'll be sitting in a meeting with people and i just see the way that they treat and interact people and, and in your mind's eye you're looking back on that's the kind of guy that cheated you know, when when you played Monopoly, that was the guy that you never wanted to be the banker, as an example, right? Because right? right. he just knew that you couldn't trust him. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great that people are getting more into playing games where they're actually physically sitting with somebody and playing the game and talking in between moves, rather than just blindly staring at a screen well, and waiting. You know, you make a good point too, because you know, not to get political at all, but in our world, we, in our country, we're seeing so much uh, people uh, in just not being able to accept one side of an argument or another and still be friends and move on and say, all right, we agree to disagree, or I lost that argument, or I, my point of view, maybe I do learn, need to learn a lesson from this other person. And I think some of these games, you know, you can see some of the, some people that, figuratively speaking, they're, they're, you know, they don't like something that happens and they're kind of like, uh, you know, like Leo is and screams and yells a four-year-old and yeah. stomps his feet instead well, of saying, let me learn something from yeah, this. Yeah, listening is a skill. It really is. I mean, and it's a skill that you have to learn when you're young. It's not, I mean, if you don't learn how to listen to other people when you're a young child, I can guarantee to you as an adult, you don't know how to listen to people. You may think that you do, but you don't. But also to have an open mind, too. While you're listening, maybe this person's playing Monopoly better than you and beating you all the time. Maybe you can figure out why, yeah, why? are they. Yeah, Instead of just yeah. you know being adversarial, yeah. maybe you can open your mind to a I, new thought. I also think that there's something to being a, a, a gracious loser, we'll say, right? Nobody likes to lose, but in life, you don't win all the time. If you're if you're a baseball player and you hit the ball three out of ten times, you're doing pretty well, right? Correct. In business, I always tell people, if you're not making mistakes, then you're not pushing the envelope. I, I want you to make some mistakes, but a lot of people just aren't comfortable making a mistake. And, it, and it, I think, in part at least, it stems from their childhood and what happened when they played a game and lost the game. Did, did the other person have a tantrum? Right. Or did they just say, hey, it was a fun game. Let's play again. Right. Or did the winner gloat and, uh, you know, right. stick in your face every two minutes and make you feel bad about it? You know, it's supposed to be fun. And uh, my wife's in the entire opposite way. When we play these games, uh, she almost has a disinterest in winning. She doesn't even care. I don't know. That's a whole other story. But it, it's refreshing in that she'll play. But if you win or lose, she's okay with it. And she moves on. It's not the yeah. end of the world. Yeah. You know. I love to win, but yeah, I, I, but I also know that sometimes you have to let the other person win. And, and you're going to lose. You know, you are going to lose in life, and you got to know how to get back up from it. So if you learn that from sports, and you can also learn that from mousetrap. Mousetrap.
race your mouse around the board, building a mouse trap as you go. Then comes the funniest part of mouse trap game. Mousetrap! Mousetrap! The nuttiest, funniest game you've ever seen! Now, do you remember this game, David Cohen? I do, do, but I never played it, I have to admit. Uh, I never played it, but we always put it together. If you recall this game, we have it here. I'm trying to just take it out. It's too uh, detailed and complicated to even describe or play on the air. Or set up. Or set up. (laughs) But we're going to try it anyway. And there's always like that. This is the game, if you know what this is, where you, as you go around the board, you set up a mousetrap, which is more or less a a number of different um, what do you call these little different events that happen as you're going through that eventually you set it up where one steel ball starts off a chain of events and you go through a uh, you know what would you call this uh, like a bathtub, bathtub or and then it goes through different uh, machinations and eventually through all these different machinations downstairs and so forth eventually the mouse is trapped in this uh, machina- this whole thing that you is a diver dives off a diving board into something and the vibration then sets off another a reaction another reaction it's a chain of events a chain of events down the line so I have to admit I never liked this game <laughs> no I didn't because first of all you had to be an engineer in order to be able to play it effectively but invariably one of my brothers or I would lose a piece and then the whole game didn't work that's the killer that's exactly <laughs> the guy's gonna say we try we've played this a couple of times and inevitably now we can't find the steel ball without the steel ball there's nothing there's happening no point. and right. you need a rubber band and if you lose that rubber band who's got rubber band and it has to be house? the right size rubber band exactly. <laughs> it's not just any rubber band exactly. you're right uh, so it's it's cool it's fun it's interesting but it is good for you know like a first couple of times and then you go um, we've lost the pieces I'm not going I, I, I wish that your listeners could see this yeah. box just filled to the brim with tiny little plastic pieces yeah listen <laughs> here you go Look at! Oh, I had the steel ball. Here you go. I found it. But yeah, and if you lose one of these pieces, you're shot. But I think the novelty of it is pretty cool. Look it up on uh, on Google if you don't know, or YouTube, and watch the the interaction. It's almost like a live dominoes kind of event. No, uh, watching this game. When you say you didn't play it, what did you do with it, Dave? Uh, I didn't have it. I never oh. had a chance to play it. Um, nor do I have any desire for <laughs> opening the box now. <laughs> right, something that that we did play, I bet, and uh, we can continue talking about for uh, this little bit of the section and the next section of our show is a game that, um, I don't know, I think it was, it's... How do you describe this? This is a war game, a girl, a game of world domination. Race your mouse around the board, building a No, that's not it. That's not the game. That's just local domination. <laughs> this is it here. Risk. Win the game, and you win the world. Parker Brothers kind of fun. There you go. Parker Brothers now has gotten involved besides Hasbro and uh, what was the other one? Milton Bradley. Milton Bradley. We now have Parker Ideal. Brothers. Just describe a smidge. We've got 15 seconds, Dan. We'll get a little tease on what is Risk. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Risk is a game that will take about four weeks to, to complete, first of all. <laughs> but but um, there are countries on the map, and you, at the beginning of the game, uh, get certain countries that you represent, and you have armies to protect them, and your objective is to essentially enter into war with everybody else that's playing the game and take their countries away from them. We'll continue right after this. Continue with Risk and some stories. We played it in college, actually. We had a good time with it. And everything old is new again. We'll be back. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Strategos! It's strategos! 
Captain Bradley's terrific game of strategy for two. You command captains, lieutenants, and colonels. You may capture an international spy or be destroyed by a hidden bomb. Capture the enemy's flag and win the game. Remember that? This is Douglas Viviani. We're here with uh, Dan Newberger, toy and board game aficionado, and David Cohen. On Everything Old is New Again, we're revisiting uh, vintage games and taking a look at, at how there, there's a resurgence now in board games and hopefully uh, having some effect upon the family and just having some fun uh, instead of standing around uh, with a tablet. And You see those pictures of uh, on, on the computer, we've got like a six or seven girls at a sleepover or something and they're all on, they're no all one's on talking the, to each other right. no one's talking they're all on the tablet and i don't know if that's set up or is that real it seems to be real oh, you I tell think, me oh i think it's real is it's that weird or sure real and and also kids like i know but they're still that, but they're still sharing with each other it looks like they're doing something that's very isolated but a lot of times they're doing snapchats and they're or they're or talking they're, to each other or they're messaging, messaging right yeah, they're three feet away from each exactly. other and they're instant messaging each other yeah. <laughs> but they're not playing stratego you know like uh, that's no, a great game Game. Yes, which we'll get to now. We have two games this section that I want to focus on. Uh, Stratego is one, but before we left the last section talking about Risk. Now, these games are somewhat related, not really, but uh, in theme they're related. In in practice, there's certainly different games. But back to Risk. Risk um, was a, girl, a game of world domination. The board is the, the world itself divided up into a number of countries, and you get to have uh, an army. And of course, the other team has an army. Or the other people have armies. And you what? You roll the dice. And how do you acquire more armies? Do you remember this? Well, so in the beginning of the game, depending on how many countries you have, you get additional armies. You then place those armies on the countries that you already have. And based upon where you have armies, you can attack or defend your various countries. The thing I, I love that game. I mean, it was a game that really did take a long time to play. But you learn all about the world like you know what countries are where although i'm still trying to figure out what kamchatka yeah <laughs> like, i still don't know what that is it's all the way i know that you could bridge to alaska on the other side of the, of the i wonder border. if they've upgraded the the names of some of them i haven't seen it in a while well the world has certainly changed yeah. several times over since uh since we were at least uh right. when we were young because you you had a lot of countries form into the soviet union and then dissolve out of the soviet union right. so um yeah that's interesting but that was a great game it was it was actually a complicated game to learn how to play, um, but it was I thought it was one of the best games that I remember now, playing as a, as a kid. in college, we said we wanted to take a weekend and play this in the dorm. So we had eight people playing. Now, how we did it was we had four people that were, let's say, the president of a particular country, let's say, or your, you know, your group, and we had a second person who was a prime minister. And what they could do, we added this, the prime minister then could go in the hallway with another prime minister and make deals out of the earshot of the players, so to speak. So, you know, don't attack us for five moves and we won't attack you for five moves. Let's both get uh, Dave Cohen's uh, army instead. That's, whatever. A, that's a very nuanced advancement of, of the game, actually. I like that. <laughs> I, I don't remember ever doing that as a kid, but uh, I actually do like that We idea. did that, and then we also added an element of, of beer to the game. So, uh, <laughs> we were in college, let's face it, you know, and it, at that point the drinking age was 18, let's be clear. So, uh, you know, it was <laughs> it was something we could do and, and had and had some fun with, but we certainly, boy, we geeked out. There were no, uh, we didn't leave we ordered pizza in and, and we played this game for the weekend not and, kidding so and, let me ask you a question do, do you guys remember playing this game and ever actually finishing the game we did finish that one time that's why i remember it but i played it probably another 20 times and you're right i never i never can't finished. i can't ever remember and why not the game 
because it takes forever. I mean, right. it's it's hard work to dominate the world. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is those little there's these little little pieces that are the army pieces, right. and uh, and you know if you can just go to the men's room and bunk into that table a little bit, you're in trouble. So uh, you maybe you need to put a little stick them on the bottom of these things. Yeah, they, I think when the game first came out, they were colored wooden squares, and then they turned into these. Like three-sided, odd-shaped things that were easy right. to pick up with your fingers, and I think they did that because you could fit more of them on some of the smaller countries. I mean, it, it, I remember it's funny now thinking back to that game. There were certain countries that are not particularly meaningful in the world of diplomatic relations today, like Greenland. But Greenland was really important in that game because it was the gateway for, between Europe and North America. <laughs> yeah, because there was no airfare, so to speak. It was right. only ground battles. You had to move ground to ground. Yeah, right? that was a great game. I enjoyed that. Um, that is a game my brother and I played forever, uh, Stratego, uh, which we heard the commercial for. It's a board game. It's almost like chess, I'm going to kind of yeah, say. it's an updated version of chess. And tell us what uh, basically is the idea behind it. Well, it's so similar to chess where you have to capture the king, you have to capture the other person's flag. And there were different char- uh, characters, just like there were in chess. You'd have the bombs. You had the spy, who I think was the only character that could take a bomb away from somebody else. Like I used to right. surround my flag with bombs. The problem was if you got attacked by a spy and they got your the bomb was gone, <laughs> within one move you were dead. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it, but the concept is essentially But the spy like could be beat, defeated by anything any else. Other character. So I would put some nines in there, if you know what those are, like, yeah. like I don't know, with little lieutenants or something. And so if if the bomb was defeated, then you just beat the... Uh... Yeah, I think the higher number was the lowest value like if a Correct. nine attacked an eight, the eight won. Right, right, right. Yeah, that was, that more was nines than eights and more sevens than eights and all that. You exactly. Know? Right. Uh, Colonels were twos, generals were ones or something like that. Right. Yeah. Great game. Uh, of, do you remember that, David? You played with your brothers? You know, I, no? I, I, uh, I was never into the military thing. Oh, okay. it, it just anytime I saw risk or strategic, I just I got well, what about immediately chess? turned off. Do you play chess? I, I played chess, but I, I never really liked it. Right. I was more of like being outside and just playing. Games outdoors, you right. know what I mean? Or just, so you would bring the risk game outside and play outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more like a physical kind of sport. Right. Like just like I was a very simple person. And I that didn't, was didn't a, have the brain for this stuff. I see. Well, that's certainly a, a show for another <laughs> another day as well, because there is uh, you know something to be said for actually going outside uh, and doing things. But yeah, yeah, no, not that there's anything wrong with this, <laughs> but it, but it just wasn't me. Like I, I I wasn't that into board games. You know, I would take my action figures and go outside or or throw a football or something outside. Or even indoors, we'd create our own games that somehow involve physical activity with a ball or something like that. You know, where you were you were trying to destroy somebody with by throwing it at them or whatever. But yeah, so very little thinking, in other words. (laughs) Did you did you uh, have an argument over the Captain America or Captain Action, I should say, versus GI Joe? You're saying you used GI Joes and things, Or, or, or no? Did, well, yeah. Even a well, there was a there, there's a story about that. I don't know if we have time to go into. We've that got anyway. two minutes. Okay, well, that's perfect. So, uh, my dad was very much against boys having dolls. Right, that was just a big no no. Uh, but my mother convinced him that um, you know I should have one because they were incredibly popular. Every every boy had one. So I wanted uh, a Superman. I wanted to buy Superman, and he said no because apparently Superman wasn't masculine enough. <laughs> Because he he held up a G.I. Joe. He says, if you want something, you're getting this. It's G.I. Joe. He's a soldier. That's what you're getting. And um, 
I don't know why G.I. Joe is more masculine than Superman, but in his mind it was. Maybe because Superman had a cape. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't, you know, <laughs> macho enough. So I had to buy the G.I. Joe and play with the G.I. Joe, which was fine. Uh, but the revenge I got was when uh, he went shopping. Uh, we, my, my son, who was about five or six at the time, we went to F.A.O. Schwartz when that was still a big toy store. And he wanted an action figure. And he wanted um, Cinderella. And... Um, <laughs> And you my, struggled with that? I might no, I didn't because no, my dad was with us. Yeah. So I was like, "This is my revenge. <laughs> this is my revenge." And my dad was like, "Well, uh, Ben, how about this? You know, he's holding him another GI Joe or something like that." And Ben said, "No, I want, I want Cinderella." How about I this said, pocket knife? <laughs> exactly. I said, "Daddy wants Cinderella. He's getting Cinderella." And, and, and I, how did it sit with him? Did he, he didn't say anything. I think he realized that you know. This was, I said, and I told him, I said, it's payback right. for not letting me have the doll of my choice. See, he could be having Captain Action, and Captain Action may still be in business had you, Dad, purchased me the Captain Action Superman. And well, was Cinderella one of the outfits for Captain Action? Or, <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Maybe it is now, but back then, no. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Everything old is new again. Talking about toys and board games. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Got family game night on the brain Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Bring home a new game and bring your family together with Picture Rica and other great Hasbro games. Picture Rica! Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. We're talking about family game night and the resurgence of board games uh, and toys. We're here with, of course, the vintage gamer himself, David Cohen. Uh, and we are having some fun with another Rogues Gallery member doing his second of three shows in a row on toys. And uh, his name is Dan Newberger, another alumni, alumni from Half Hall Hills. High School, school East. East on Long Island. <laughs> Look at that one up. We're, we're going to put that, 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 what do you call that, that high school on the map with this show and last show. The Rogue Gallery, right? Exactly. <laughs> the Rogue's Gallery himself. Dan, you having a good time? I am. It's great to see you guys. I uh, wish we could say the same. I <laughs> stay. <laughs> Bring it back great memories. You're saying it was like sitting at the- Now I remember why it's been so long since I talked to you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it says, it, it, saying it reminds you of the days we were uh, sitting around the uh, the lunch table. Uh, what would you say? I don't know. We had that, that pizza, that, that square slab of- Ready pizza. We called it pizza, right? <laughs> I go right for the Linden's chocolate chip cookies. I just you are a lunch. big Linden's guy with the with yeah. the chocolate milk you used to have with that. Oh yeah, good right? stuff. Uh, and we would sit around and, and talk all this stuff, which was the the genesis of everything old is new again. You could say right now. Now we just have mics in front of us. That's right. the only difference. And a few more gray hairs. <laughs> Recording this for posterity. Here is a game. Game is not really the name. It's really a a toy. Th- see if you remember this. You can't even define this. See if you remember this. It was called Super Elastic Bubble Plastic. Sure. Yeah. And Super Elastic Bubble Plastic. Plastic bubbles from a tube. Just squeeze it out and blow it up. They last and last. Super elastic bubble plastic sold separately from Whammo. Now, first of all, is Whammo still in existence? They make Frisbee. Yeah. Oh, there you yeah. go. Right. Yeah. But now, do you remember the smell of that? 
It's funny you say that. So I was going to say that this was the toy, I think, that inspired the line from the movie Airplane, where they said, uh, you picked a, a, the wrong day to stop sniffing glue. <laughs> this stuff could literally, in retrospect, make you high smelling it. It smelled awful. It's one of two toys that I remember from my childhood that just turned me off because they smelled so bad. <laughs> and it's weird, because as soon as I heard that commercial, I the sensory you know thing kicked in, and I could smell it. I could actually smell it again. It was, it like was a multicolor stuff that would glob out from the tube. You'd put it on the end of the straw. Right, and then you right. blow into the straw, and you'd make this bubble that would get enormous. But the whole time you were blowing it, like the combination of the smell and the the force of blowing out would give you head rushes. <laughs> it would, and and you started thinking, there's something like intriguing about that smell. I might, you know, maybe when I'm older, I might experiment with it. But <laughs> but it was it was so toxic, right? The, between the odor and the actual substance itself. It was, it was well, horrible. Well, as you were blowing up the bubble, if you breathed in, I mean, let's face it, we were kids, so you weren't right. really, you know, breathe out And you put that stuff so in you, your mouth. Yeah, it was You were just, ingesting But that. it was fun. There's no question that <laughs> stuff was terrible for you. <laughs> there's no question. <laughs> and there's no question of reason why it no longer exists. Uh, but what did you do with the bubble once it was done anyway? You, you pinched it close, right. and right. then you'd bounce it around a couple times, and then you'd get bored, then you'd sit down, and you'd start all over and do it again. I remember trying to put things in the bubble and then like trying to seal it up again. Ooh, that's inside. very sophisticated. Yes. I never yeah. did that. I do remember you could open it up because it was very pliable and right. kind of strong. you throw something in there and then secure it closed again, and it would it would, it would close. It's very sticky stuff also. I tried to put it in my brother hands once, and, <laughs> <laughs> He's still really. trapped in it. He's still in the, in so the are we suggesting? Are we plastic. suggesting stay away from super elastic bubble plastic for family uh, <laughs> family board night, family game I, night? I, I, I can't imagine they still make that stuff. They I do make it. something similar. If you go online, you can see, I forget the name of it. It's just called like Bubble Maker or something like that. But it's not the same yeah. With all the, I right. mean, the colors too. The, the think of all Very the dyes. Right? Oh, that's right. They put like that's all right. kind of colors in there. It could not be healthy in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but they also mentioned something else: a Super Bowl, which was very kind of a cool thing because you would bounce it a little bit and it would go like crazy. Right. I, don't, I don't know how it was made. It was very dense, I guess. But what's your experience with the Super I, Bowl? I, I love the Super Bowl. I used to play handball <laughs> with the Super Bowl, and you know that's really hard to do yeah. because yes. that ball moves. <laughs> yes. Really moves. You need a big court, and, and so that was cool. You you'd, inevitably you'd lose it at some point because. We just it would bounce so far away or whatever. I remember with the Super Bowl, if you put a spin on it, you could actually make it because it was it was the rubber was so um, it, like it would catch on onto the ground. If you put a spin on it, you could actually make it move in different directions. So, so that reminds me of the uh, the one that was called play doh, not play doh, uh, silly putty, silly putty, as form of play doh, I guess you say. But silly putty was uh, in a little bit of an egg shaped right. container, right? Two things you could do with it. First, what I enjoyed doing, I would put it on the comic the books. comic books, uh, and it would take off of the comic books or I did on the Sunday comics because right. I don't want to ruin my comic books the, the ink and you would see the ink the on this you yeah. could stretch it right Right. so you would oh, stretch right, it right, and, right, and right. see what's going on in that particular frame you know or you roll it up and it was a form of Super Bowl am I wrong it's true well it wasn't anywhere near as bouncy right. as the Super Bowl was and I actually think that Silly Putty was something that was invented during the Second World War when there was research being done I forget what it was for I think it was for repairing tires on army vehicles I think you're right yeah. um, I, I don't remember exactly what the story was but that's that's when Silly Putty was invented. How about that? Yeah. Didn't know about Things that. Things you did I not guess. know or care to know. <laughs> that's why you listen to everything old is new again. That's for sure. I feel like I'm a better person now, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's another one. I think this may be the one you're talking about. Another one that you remember the smell of. I certainly remember the smell of this one. And I don't think this exists now either. So this is sort of unique topics here that may or may not be subject to coming back 
before the family uh, the family what are we calling it family game night, right? Spiders and lizards, snakes, dragonflies. Make them yourself with this nice plastic goop. Choose a mold, pour in the goop, heat it, and presto, changeo, you've got bugs. Squiggly, squirty bugs. Get Mattel's new thing maker with creepy crawlers. You can tell it's Mattel. It's swell. If you caught all that, the guy was kind of a creepy voice and whatever. But do you remember the creepy crawlers? I, I do remember creepy crawlers, and there was a, there's a reason why they don't sell creepy crawlers anymore. <laughs> they, they actually came out with an edible version of creepy crawlers, but the yes. problem was that if you made the wrong creepy crawler and ate it, not realizing it wasn't the edible one, oh, you wow. would obviously have lots of problems. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I remember that used to there was there was two toys that you would put in the oven, right? There was this one, and there was um, the Easy Bake Shrinky Dinks. So you would you would on this like sheet of paper you would make a drawing then you'd put it in the oven and it would shrink down to about one inch by one inch and it would become hard plastic. Yes, and it was actually pretty cool, but it was you know obviously you don't want six year old kids playing with the oven, so it wasn't a brilliant idea <laughs> from, the, from the get go. Uh, um, but yeah, that that was why creepy crawlers I think stopped being made was creepy crawlers. Just if you don't really know what that was, it could make out from the commercial. You you basically pouring into a mold. A liquid plastic, yeah. and then you'd put it into an oven, and then you would, after a little while, it would heat enough where you would, it would congeal. You would take it out, let it cool, and you'd take it out from the mold, and it was um, pliable. It was, yeah, like, it was like spiders and worms, and you know, in, in those shapes, right? And, yeah, and it was, and they, they came out with a lot of different shapes after a while. And kids would go into school with them. I remember this in like first, second grade, and you'd be like, "Where'd you get that from?" Oh, you know, I have a creepy crawler, and that person instantly became your best friend for the week. You went over to their uh, their place with your suitcase of of hot uh, Hot, hot Wheels, Wheels toys, <laughs> and in turn, uh, you played with those, and you made some. See, I don't crawlers. remember. I don't remember creepy crawlers being in. A, a, a bad smelling product. I actually thought you were going to say something else because there is there is another product that just turns my stomach to this day when my okay. kids are playing with it. That's Play-Doh, right? Oh, which is the yeah. final final right. one with, yeah. in this genre. Now Play-Doh is out of all of these is one that has survived and to this day is morphed. They have a lot of different machines you can make different kinds and molds different kinds of things with Play-Doh. Uh, so Play-Doh is pliable and, and uh, different colors and what, you, you hate the, sm the smell of I it? Can't, it? Uh, uh, even going back to when I was a kid, it, hmm. I couldn't play. It was great because it was a really creative toy. You could make whatever you wanted. You could make things that would interact with your Hot Wheels or whatever yes. other toys you were playing with. But the problem was it I don't even know how to describe the smell to anybody who hasn't ever smelled it, but it was awful. It would turn my stomach. So wow. when my kids were younger and my wife bought them Play-Doh, I was immediately turned off. I was like, I don't even want to be in the same room. I can't play that game. Huh. I'll play anything else. I don't want to play with Play-Doh. Is that, is that when you took out that super bubble elastic Exactly. Thing? I would go sit yeah. in the living room with the super bubble elastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Continue. Talking about toys and games, family game night, and everything old is new again. We'll be back next week. Dan Newberger, Douglas Viviani, David Cohen to continue Family Game Night, some ideas. I will see my dreams.